everybody. It's LOI Central with Dan and Johnny. Hello and welcome along to LOI Central. Uh, Johnny and Dan completely uh, abandoning all concerns about uh, climate change and all that. We're recording this very, very remotely. We're in different parts of Europe and we're going to react to a lovely, lovely uh, part of our live show that we had two weeks ago. You would have heard the Stephen Kenny excerpt last week, uh, but this week we're going to hear from what was probably uh, the better crack of the show, which was Chris Shields, Owen Doyle and David Webster, two cousins, three mates, um, shooting the breeze in Lost Lane. It was a great show. Thanks to everyone who came in. Uh, we had a great night. Uh, hopefully, we'll be doing it again soon, sooner or later, actually. Um, and we are, as ever, associated with Future Ticketing, uh, Collar and Cuff, uh, who are still looking after all League of Ireland fans who reference the show when they turn up. And, of course, uh, Port Harris Brewery, uh, who put us up uh, on the night. And we've loads to reflect on, including Shamrock Rovers in the group of something or other. No points, one, no goals, one point for each team after the first uh, games. Uh, Shamrock Rovers drawn nil all against your gardens they play against Ghent tomorrow night and um, they're only a point ahead of Derry City after Derry City beats Liga Rovers tonight and Dan I would argue if Derry City had all the points that they probably should have this season they would actually be top of the table right now yeah I, I think um, that's that's certainly a point of view although I suppose there's a lot of clubs would feel they had all the points they should have you know it's, I know you're not a golfer but Everyone, you, you always meet a golfer after a round of golf, and they always tell you about the putts they missed. You know, they never tell you about the lucky, the lucky, the lucky shots that went in that shouldn't have. You know, so um, but it is true. Like they, they are, they, I suppose, like they're a point behind. Is that really seven points of Rovers when their games in hand? You know, if Michael Duffy had been fit, you can do a lot of ifs. But I suppose the flip side, you would say, to be fair, is that Derry in the last while haven't been under the pressure of leading like when they got to the point of leading and challenging they sort of stuttered a bit and it's probably when you're out front running there's a real pressure to point like you've probably seen them with the dog once or twice they've got the good positions and then they probably drop points when they've when it looked like the title was on you know so you know yourself sometimes it's like a race it's sometimes easy to to, to finish when, when you're you know to finish late and it can be deceptive you know so I think there's an element of okay, they've got six games to go now. Go and win all six of them, then you know, mm. <laughs> like, and then you really, uh, mm. then you 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 put yourself, you put your hand up, and like they've still made huge strides forward no matter what. It looks like they're going to finish second now, certainly. They've lost um, four games out of thirty. Great season. Yeah, like it's all the draws. Is amazing. And um, talk to me about that goal. I mean, Michael Duffy's goal on Friday night. Thankfully, we had somebody in the stand who had his phone out as much as we will give out about that. Got the perfect uh, angle of it it's been shared all over the world what a strike yeah like an amazing an amazing strike and it is a moment that does back up the argument what would have happened if if Duffy had been there mm-hmm. um, all season you know of course the best goals scored the best goals scored in the in the territory of the United Kingdom all weekend as well oh, too you know I never, we forgot to mention the Queen oh, uh, I know I was just actually like I'm, I'm on holidays lack there. of respect oh, I was just I was just I was just watching Prince Charles going to the north and um, all the flag waving and that was great and obviously it was a disgrace that Derry went ahead with the game on Friday but thankfully they did and it was the only show in town as well and Derry City seemed to handle it quite well uh, on the King night Charles, Johnny. King. King Charles King Charles sorry the, the third King Charles Johnny to be fair King Charles, to be clear. To be clear, it is is King Charles. The only King Charles in the League of Ireland was from Uganda a long time ago. But um, anyway, it is what it is. Derry City got the points. Um, Let's talk about Sean Rovers, Dan. Um, It was, uh, I watched it on my phone, uh, basically with the AGNC in front of me, um, trying to kind of, you know, tell the girlfriend that this was perfectly normal behavior. I said, and she said, what's Dan doing? I said, well, actually, Dan is doing the exact same thing. And he has a child to look after. You have a child to look after as well, but he's watching the game and it was very enjoyable. Yeah, no, I, I did. I, I uh, managed to watch it. I'm in Portugal at the moment. You're in Greece, just to be clear. Um, very touching of you to, you know, go to Greece, which is, of course, where Prince Philip was born, you know, on the That's weekend. Right. It's in it. Like, very, right, actually, bit yeah. of a royal footsteps. Not sure about Portugal. Um, but I uh, I just I haven't turned on Wi-Fi or through my 4G I was able to watch it on Sky Go without any problems I'm not sure if that's illegal or illegal but I, I mean I didn't I didn't do a dodgy VPN or 
his goal or one of these sites. I mean, I just watched it on my Sky Go with absolutely no problems on Virgin Media 3. Um, so I watched the full coverage of the game. I thought um, that uh, I thought Stephen Bradley's tactic of kind of trying to finish maybe with a strong, like bringing on the some of the big guns in the second half. I thought it probably nearly worked out because they, apart from the last five ten minutes, they were very very good in the second half and they created two brilliant chances. I know. I think I think the plan. Listen, history. What's that? Winners write the history and all of that. But I think their plan was was fine. I think listen to Jurgen speak before they were probably expecting. Jack Byrne to play, probably Rory Gaffney to play. I think they they tried something different, as you said. To um, Stephen Kenny may not like you staying talking about staying in the game. You know, will you listen? Will you? But yeah, like he, yeah. I think there was an element of Rovers of staying and stay, staying in the game and then striking late. And I thought it was clever. It was mature. I think they wanted players in the like in that system where the two behind the striker behind Green. I think Farazai and. And Watts wasn't. I think they needed mm. them to be very disciplined, and they're running off the ball as well. And uh, McCann and O'Neill as protection. I thought they did pretty well, and and they were probably full value for their for their result. They could have they could have won it. They could have lost it. To be fair, they're under a cash at the end too. But I just thought it was quite a mature display. Like I, I do think, like I, I go back to what Rory Gaffney said. To, very honestly, to the journalists a couple of weeks back, I was. I mean, we might even have played out some of it on the show. Maybe we didn't, but he, what he basically said was after the Ferenc Farris game that he felt that like the Rovers defenders could play at their level, but the strikers maybe couldn't. Mm. And I think Rovers probably realised that maybe some of the tactics that work for them at home um, aren't going to necessarily cut it in, in Europe and they can't maybe go, they went with Green and Gaffney against French Faris and, and in certain games in the qualifiers to be fair and I don't know I think teams can play through that pretty quickly and they're struggling so I'll be interested to see how he approaches the later games in the group like Ghent on Thursday if Jack Byrne plays where will he play probably one of the, the two behind the striker will we see Green and Gaffney start a game together in the group I could be wrong maybe they will in a certain game but I think mm. They basically need that protection and it might be the Green and Gaffney sort of rotate. That might be what happens. Or even Graham Burke when he comes back. You know, I, I just wonder will we always see McCann and O'Neill and that it's in the forward position. Like ahead of that, it'll be a rotation of the sort of Watts, Jack Byrne, Burke, etc. You know, and that's maybe something from Ferenc Farris away where the two lads really couldn't land the blow and all of a sudden there was just gaps there and... and um, and listen, they were missing McCann at that time too, to be fair. And like that was a big loss, but I don't know. I thought it was a solid enough start in the group. As you mentioned, the other game finished nil all, no damage done. Um, it's a free hit as well, Thursday, in that like they're away against. Um, I do recall the tweet that you put up on the 31st of August. Why is Johnny so fascinated by Justin Ferjoy? And um, <laughs> I think it's becoming more apparent with every week. Just there's something a bit different about the kid, Dan. Um, I thought Dylan Watts as well. <laughs> I'd be disappointed. You took issue with the phrasing of that tweet. I probably you did. I, I, yeah, you, listeners should know that we don't consult each other on a lot of uh, the tweets. So that's why a lot of them are deleted. They're the ones that I write. And then the ones that are left up are the ones that Dan writes, uh, which was uh, the, the aforementioned. But I was, uh, in fairness to Farage, I, like he looks, he looks a talent. I think he's gone up a lot in value. I thought Dylan Watts was much better as well. I've been disappointed with him in Europe and some of the bigger games. And um, it does look like they're going to grow into it, Dan. I, I actually think they're going to give it a good old shot on Thursday night. Yeah, I have a sneaky feeling they they'll be they'll they'll do okay on Thursday too. Like it, it I mean, you could step back from it and say that their home results in Europe have been good and, and their away ones have been bad, you know, and that they've been very they've been exposed easily away from home. So that's why I'm I think it I think Bradley, like people say have always like players always speak about how good he is tactically, and I think he's looking to showcase that in these not looking to showcase that, I think he's gonna test it. In these in these six games and try not to be too predictable, you know, and and give people something to think about. Because I think Ghent, like you'd imagine a, a, a club doing its homework on Rovers would probably start with Jack Byrne in a lot of cases, you know, and and you know and 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 expect and look at games and, and expect him to be involved. And probably this season, like Gaffney could be could be Player of the Year, and yet he didn't start last Thursday. And um, you know, I, I think. There's obviously you listen to Bradley speak sometimes, and it's about the effectiveness of their press as well too, and 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 where they need to start their press. And 
I'll be honest, we're, we're probably both in a little bit of holiday mode, so I haven't been sort of researching Ghent. I'm not covering the game. I know Aiden Fitzmaurice will be over for us there this week, and and they'll be sort of listening to, you know, hear more about their style and what they expect from them. Um, but I think it's very much about maybe why have they been too open at times? And I think sometimes that starts from the front, and that's why I'm looking forward to seeing what the front three will be on Thursday, and that'll tell us a lot about maybe they're thinking about this side. But um. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping to watch it. Uh, I'm going to watch it legally again, I think. Yeah. And are you back in the country on Thursday? I, I, I'm you... back Thursday, yeah. I actually watched it on Virgin Media on my data, which just seemed to be flawless. It just went in. Um, I think if you're on your yeah. data, it's not an issue. But in fairness to Channel Rovers, like the results at home have been very, very good. Tallis Stadium is going to be out for tender to be named as well, which is quite interesting. Tallis had a very good year. The, the place, it, it looked great on TV. I know it wasn't like there was six and a half thousand there. It looked great, but they're off the mark. Um, their first points in the group stage in Europe and maybe we'll reflect now Dan on the show and afterwards will we get back to uh, the matters at hand this weekend yeah let's let's so let's go back to last lane last Sunday week um, so as you mentioned um, it's mentioned at the top here Chris Shields owned all Dave Webster we, we put them together for a reason um, there's some references here to uh, Linfield's exit from Europe um, which remained topical Um uh, Obviously, no disrespect intended uh, to to the Queen. Um, I, I very nearly mentioned uh, at some point in that chat about uh, the portrait of the Queen in Windsor Park, which thankfully I, I didn't I didn't mention that now because we have to obviously edit it. Red. Um, and not to be uh, not to be not to be no no. Listen, come on, bit, bit of respect and fairness. She was, you know, wouldn't be a big fan of the monarchy myself, but uh, you know, she had her she had her moments. But yeah. um, but anyway. There's, 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 you know. Anyway, let, let's not go down that rabbit hole. Um, let's not go. Down, let's get to the lads. Uh, Shields, Webster, and all good value, I think. Welcome to the LOI Central Livecast with Dan and Johnny, and unfortunately, not me. But there's always next time, and yes, that is a threat. How are you getting on, lads? So just to be, yeah. So just to be clear, why we've put this trio together. So I was reading, like Chris Shields has done a lot of interviews. It's the first over, time I've actually heard this. Yeah, yeah, so Chris Shields has done a lot of interviews over the years where you've said, like, there's no friends in football. I've got no friends in football apart from Dave Webster. He is your only friend. <laughs> now, it's a bit awkward with Doyle on the couch here as well. Now, you've said that, to be clear. <laughs> but then, I, Dave Webster and Owen Doyle are also first cousins. So this is, like, the link between the three. So tell me, how has, where did this friendship begin, Chris Shields and Dave Webster? We met, we were nice time by Bray, Webby was there a year, and then I joined the 20s, the 20s it just came about, and then we became just friends, because I didn't drive, so I'd get lifts with Webby and Tala in this <laughs> Peugeot 106, I had three wheels, and the, the, wind, the, the, the windows barely came down, so we just, from that, and then we brought into the first team together, but it's just kind of the social life more than that, and like we kind of would say Bray were like the fucking the college years because the amount of times we were just out and then coming into train and play a match back out. Now it came from that. Yeah, because the nature of the league, like players move clubs so frequently and that point that you make, like how hard is it to make like genuine friends, if you know what I mean? So, someone that you actually get on with that when you, when you leave the club, you actually keep in touch, if you know what I mean. Because it happens so often, you're like... Oh, we meant to, to text this person all the time. I go, how are you? How's the family? Like, when you don't really care. It's such a big turnaround as well. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's a massive turnaround every year, especially League of Ireland. Like, these players come and go so fast. But I think we were fucking drinking buddies before. Fucking <laughs> we were great. friends. It was great. We good times of Bray, yeah. Uh, and so then, Owen, you're first cousins, okay? So, what's the age difference between you? You're a couple of years older, yeah. right? So, you sort of started off on the football road earlier. But and as kids, were you sort of. I don't know, playing football together, knocking about together. Oh, like, fam- like brothers more than cousins growing up. Like really? Two houses were just across the field from each other, like so we were each other most days when we playing football and stuff. So yeah, that's how our upbringing was more or less together. So when did you know, like, when, I don't know, who was the first to go and play in the League of Ireland? Obviously, it would have been you then. What Chamber Rovers or what would the timeline have been? Yeah, maybe, but he wasn't far after me at Bray. Um, yeah, I would have been the first at Rovers. Obviously, being a couple of years older than him, and then he followed on at Bray. Yeah. You actually replaced Stephen Bradley in the first game in Tala. Yeah, which uh, was my Wikipedia research day. Like that. That's it's mad that I actually that that's no word of a lie. Like um, actually, I'm and, then, and then I found out they were cousins. I was like, oh, there's news to me as well. But like um, that that is mad. So you go back to that, and then Gary Twig signed. It wasn't only him. There was Desi Baker 
Partagamond, Twig, loads of Tyke Porcel was still there. Uh, a lot of really good strikers at the time. Obviously, Michael O'Neill had came in. So uh, I knew I kind of had to go to, to play games. So I moved on to Sligo fairly sharpish. Yeah. What was Michael like? Yeah, he was he was good. Like he was in. Um, obviously, I came from Scully, so there's a bit of a difference there. Before. Actually, sorry. What was Pat Scully like? Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> Pat's yeah, actually like, in Pat, the audience. Uh, so yeah. Like, uh, no, Pat. Like, that was great for me. He gave me my chance or whatever. Like I was with the twenty Robert twenty ones for I uh, wasn't long at all, and he, he put me straight up into the into the first team, and um, like straight away your experience and physio tables getting flipped at half time, and um, you you play five or six games and on the trot you're doing great, and you turn up on the Thursday night for training, and you'd see the Doyle, you're like training by yourself over there in the next field. What what have I done wrong? Just over you go, thinking you're not on the squad the next day you're starting. <laughs> <laughs> just mad, just just a unique uh, outlook and probably keeping the ego in check, you know, like a eighteen year old coming in and doing okay, I suppose, at the time. And he um, but he was great for me, he gave me a chance and I'll always be forever grateful for that, yeah. Big difference though, like you're going from him and playing in Talca Park to Michael O'Neill and obviously the, the club then really starting to kick on, mm. starting in Talad the following year. So Did yeah. you like did you think as a young lad I'm gonna be a fresh footballer? Yeah, that would have been the the goal as a kid, yeah, 100%. Mm. Would have been one of them that had all the trials and stuff and said it was too small at the time. Um, Where were we you on trial? Well, <laughs> funny enough, I was a United, David, and obviously his dad, are season ticket holders, United, I was a big United fan as a kid. Oh, yeah. Um, Who do you Oh, yeah, a few trials, United came back a Liverpool Who fan. <laughs> <laughs> so we've been a diehard Liverpool fan ever since I went on trials so you, United. You, <laughs> yeah. so you, you actually were on trial in Liverpool. You actually were on trial in Liverpool. <laughs> like, was, now we'll come to that later. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, yeah, so I did all the trials as a kid and stuff. Yeah, what's what's that like? Like, like are you the talk of the school, or like do you expect that this is going to work out, or because it's an awful lot for a kid to take in, I suppose. Like, yeah, I think in the air, like, like all the, the team was very strong at the time. Like we had like Anthony Stokes, Bocker. Uh, Bucker Bailey. So imagine, yeah, get him up for a live show, he'll sell out the free arena. Um, <laughs> but like, like, all these great, great players, like, and um, all, the, all them lads went away, which, yeah, like, we were all in that same team together as a kid, and obviously we're all going on trials, coming back, going on trials, coming back, whatever. But in your own area at home, it's probably only one or two years from the Gary Dicker grew up beside mm. us as well, so he would have been over and back as well over the years. But um, yeah, like you're expected to to be the one that's gonna like make it or whatever as a, as a kid, yeah. Did you look up to him then as a kind of a, your elder cousin who's getting these trials? Yeah, massively. Yeah. Um, definitely growing up, and um, we talked there about when we were young, um, only been across the field, me sort of, but and Annie only lived in between, say. So when we were growing up, it was me himself, uh, my two other cousins, John and Robbie, and folks mm. just playing football all day, every day, and uh, to us. My, my, can't speak for them, but to me, anyway, he was always going to be the one. Like, um, so I remember him having a few tries. I think it was Southampton was one, was it? Mm. Close to signing. Yeah. At the time, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Too small, though. Okay. My, My brother apparently came back as Southampton fan. Yeah. The, the only club I haven't played for in England, I think. Southampton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, massively, yeah. Massively looked up to him and um, yeah, followed his career ever since and loved following him, yeah. Yeah. It's sort of a, it's mad like the different path that you've all travelled in various ways that I suppose like you know you look at the situation now Dave you're working like you're sort of working as a in a full time job you've had a sort of a, a long term injury this year which is obviously the nightmare that every player probably dreads but you have the security of that two boys are slightly different like you you got a trade when you were younger right when you yeah. were Owen when you were like seventeen eighteen and Chris you like you were pretty much you've been full time or have you worked in any other Industry at any at any point? I called myself full time, even when I was part time. Like I had a job once with me and my mate and the dog and we used to like we were in a call centre. But like I didn't know they monitored the phones. Like I never fucking picked the thing up at all. <laughs> <laughs> so we used to they used to get you to, to ring surveys like and oh you'd get this old housewife there in Sligo or something in the middle of the day and like, all right, go on, I'll do a survey for you and you click on it's an hour and 15 minutes to do, and they're like, nah, not that yet. <laughs> so we used to just fucking ring each other, and then we didn't know that they were watching the phones. So that was, that's my CV, buddy, footballer, and then two weeks in the call centre, where you, where, you, where you picked your hours. Because we'll probably, like, we'll talk about it when Stephen comes up then, that going to the Dundalk really was sort of a life changer for you then. If you know what I mean, that in the sense that, like, a Bray, 
I don't know, it's hard to make a living from football from playing for Bray, you know. And, and, he was there when the wall fell down. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I fucking made the thing fall down with my own goal. Yeah. Hard to make a living getting paid in fivers, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah, the van that many kids were in that week, you used to get your wages as the fivers the kids paid in. Oh, what a league. <laughs> for all taxation purposes, I'm sure that was... I assume it was, was all taxed, yeah, to be clear. <laughs> it was just, uh, just the way they managed to do things for paperwork. Uh, yeah. Who was your manager, Bray? Eddie and then Devo. Well, it was Eddie Gormley and Keith Long was assistant. But Keith done everything. Keith and did. Then, Keith yeah. did, really? Devo used to sit in the Ranger over and just watch us trying. Devo, Keith just do fucking everything. <laughs> Devo, who of course is Keith's father-in-law, which yeah. is kind of a weird... Like, I always... I, I've said this to a couple people, like, Keith looks like a lad who's very stressed, and the reply was, he's Devo's son-in-law. I was like, oh, I know that, actually. How fresh is that, yeah? Yeah, yeah like... Definitely be stressed, yeah. Because, like, Devil was being, like, my first away game was Bray in mid-90s, and Devil was the manager, and he's just been around for so long, you, you forget, like. Yeah. Um, so you got paid in fivers, anyway. If you're lucky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we, we loved that, Bray, to be fair. Like, we Eddie, and then Eddie left. I think he got sacked, though, and we were brutal, anyway, but then Devil came, <laughs> <laughs> came in, and just, like, he was the first kind of old-school management that he came across, and just fucking... You ended up playing. I think he played me up front and all. He, just, he wanted as many big people on the pitch, and we fucking ended up staying up. Then we won on panels to stay up, and then a good year next year. Manon, was it? Ah, that was yeah. it. Yeah, my own goal, and then Jake scored equalizer, and then panels and that, and then we had a good year next year. And then we left. That's when we went to Dundalk. And yeah, you went to Dundalk, and it all changed. I know you've, you've told that story like a million times, but I mean, it has given you a completely different life than when you might have envisaged. Like you're now sort of. Well, you've been full-time in the proper sense for a lo- yeah. sort of a long period of time. It's actually mad because that first year, fucking almost relegated another team. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. the first year, the knot was a tough nut to crack. Like, we weren't really well-liked around the town because we were doing so poorly and a team of young lads were just fucking out all the time and doing stuff like that. And then, obviously, Stephen came in and just changed everything. I think Stephen was at the game in Waterford and it probably would have been the decider. I'd be stayed up and... Sure. Like what he done then for himself and the club. It went from there. Um, <clears throat> so Owen, you went, you were over in Scotland. So I think the lads might have come over to see you once or twice as a sort of a, a group trip because you were in the, what, the Scottish Cup final, was that it? Yeah, obviously Pat took me over to him so we'd back-to-back Scottish Cup finals, yeah, but um, these two hopped on that bandwagon, yeah, that's pretty better off. Let them tell that story, like, I don't know much about it. Go, but. Going back to the one there, he's talking <laughs> about Dundalk and it was tough enough to crack at the start. I remember... Uh, <laughs> it was only I think a few games in, well, maybe a few games in the season anyway. And uh, we were just looking at the reports afterwards, and it was he was nearly fighting with all the fans. You know, they never brought the tunnel out, so all the fans were there on top of him when they're coming off. And I think they, they lost one nail or something. I think lost the morning. Yeah. Lost the morning, yeah, one nail or something. And uh, we were going to fly half six the next morning. Red Eye, my dad was in the crowd there. We were going to collect them because uh, Hibs are playing. I don't know who's playing that. Hearts probably was it. Hearts in the cup final and. Uh, <laughs> Pulled up to Clondalk and I just see this fella just slouched over the curb like that. <laughs> <laughs> just like that. Big pool of sick there around and just around. <laughs> beeping the horn on it. He just goes, it. goes yeah. it's in the car and he's like, fucking Henry Sellers. He was like, are you fucking done, dog? I fucking tell you. I'm fucking do this and do that. Like, just, Come on, we're going to have to get a fly here. Fucking great, oh, yeah. brilliant. So tell us about the rest of the trip then. <laughs> yeah. I can't remember it. <laughs> that was the best thing about it. I can't remember it. Like, yeah. We had Doyle, like, two consecutive oh. cup finals. It was fucking brilliant. So, like, I use the same <laughs> excuse. So, like, Sean, uh, Sean McCaffrey was the manager, and my dad's Scottish, so I'm like, lovely. Jesus, Sean, my granny's awful sick in Scotland. Stephen <laughs> 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 Ireland over here. And, uh, <laughs> like, I don't get over that much. Can I go? He said, yeah. Boom, book the flights, happy days. <laughs> <laughs> Gets in the cup final next year. Sean's been sacked. Stephen's fresh in. Jesus, Stephen, my, my granny's off. <laughs> my granny's off. I was sick in Scotland, you know. Uh, I, think it's a, I think it's in May. My family are lucky to go over. Yeah, okay, Chris, you can go. <laughs> happy days. <laughs> Away twice. And unfortunately, Doyle, I stopped getting in cup finals. <laughs> so, you, had a, you had a few in Ireland before that, did you? Tell you a funny story about these two. How many times you won the cup? The FBI Cup? Three. Three. Right, well, I'll tell you the story about the fourth time he actually lit, had his hands on the trophy. <laughs> so, I think it's probably 2010 or something like that. We've won it with Sligo. I got a message off, off Dave here. Where's the after party? 
So Clardia, Clardia and Liffey Valley, right, lovely. A couple of hours later, two lads arrive, flags, red and white flags on, lovely. <laughs> in the middle of it all. Oh, the little yeah. ribbons, yeah. Yeah, ribbons. Yeah, ribbons. Getting on the stalls on the way up to the UV, but it was going. Full Sligo <laughs> fans for the day. A couple of hours later, Dave comes over to me. She's after getting caught at the front door walking out with the cup underneath his jacket. <laughs> And then, we turn, and then we, when they were looking at that, he turned around and one of his mates had the EA Sports. EA Sports Sports going to away. They probably let them take that, to be honest. Uh, like, you know, yeah. I only oh, lived five yeah. minutes in the Clarion, so no, I was going home. Yeah. <laughs> what no, were the Sligo days like? Best days of my life. Yeah. Best days of my life, yeah. We were such a close-knit group. We're all around similar ages, all young, early 20s. Like, we all just lived out with each other's houses and stuff. And, um, <laughs> was it was it was a cookie? Like a was cookie, cookie, like obviously, like I know he's mad as a brush and stuff, but there's method to his madness as well. Yeah. I've obviously played with him over in England as well a couple of times, but um, I mean, he brought that madness there with him as well. Obviously, like you see him different over there because he'd staff around him, then he'd like a lot of professional people around him to kind of <laughs> bring things up a level or whatever. But it was all his way and stuff. He'd, like I remember the first year at Chesterfield, we um, <laughs> he signed like 13 new players. So pre-season start the 4th of July. Everyone got a message. Be in East, Mid East Midlands Airport, 26th of June. Don't bring your boots. We had a four-day stag do. Everyone, <laughs> everyone got to know each other. We won the league. It does 13, work. Like 13 new players, best mates when we landed first day of pre-season. And we won the league that year. And when, like, does that still happen now? Or is he, that... I know he's done a few pre-season yeah. trips since with Portsmouth and that. But um, yeah, no, it does. Like, little, little bits and bobs it does. Not to that extreme now, but... And week to week in Sligo, because that I think we and Johnny we've spoken about this in the show. Sometimes it's always one of these things. He's like, ah, players in the League of Ireland now they don't drink, they don't do what they used to do, and it's like, ah, it does it does happen? You know, it's just a little bit more. <laughs> it's just a little bit more under the radar. But like yeah. you, you Sligo lads, like do, 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 do. that time you were there <laughs> yeah. was like a perfect sort of gathering of characters, right? Yeah, well, like now it's done at the right time. So like if you play Friday night, the lads will go Friday or Saturday night and like that's not too bad, you're not harming your, yeah. your uh, game the next day. And so I go like, Cookie might call into you. Cookie lived next door to three of us. Like. He, ended up in the, he ended up in the kitty for the food and everything. Like, it was a disaster. Like, <laughs> what's, for, what's for dinner tonight, Tyler? Like, oh, I'm going to cook a shoe, lovely, yeah. yeah. Um, all that carry on. But like, he'd come in, he'd get giddy himself. Tuesday night, you're playing Friday. Sometimes maybe on a Wednesday, he might let you go for two. Did that carry on going on at the time? But when we got good, like so the fourth season, it was a matter of staying up. Um, typical League of Ireland fashion, it was like, I think, Derry went bust. So, yeah. like, in the tunnel for the last game of the season, we're playing Drada, Ian Ryan turned down to you. heard about Derry, didn't you? He's like, yeah, yeah, no, this game was both of us were in. Going for Europe? Go, no, but going to go down. Oh, sorry. Us and Drada were to go down. We were in the battle for it, but Derry went bankrupt, so they went down, so we were about safe, so it was just a nothing game. <laughs> so, it was like, right, lovely. Um, but then when we got good, like the season after, and, and obviously the season after, I would probably challenge and like lads were on it then. Like you could have your good time and stuff, just it was at the right time. Yeah. But um, there'd be still a few like me hopping in the uh, Tuesday nights, maybe in the flat, like lads looking at each other and stuff. What are we doing <laughs> here? What are we doing in? Well, well, yeah. You got a pair of jeans on. Well, you got a pair of jeans on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, carry on. yeah. <laughs> Don't walk in here with a pair of jeans on. It seems to fly in the face of what you should do as a manager. Don't get too close to your players. And he did, like, and he seemed to love it. Everyone loved him, yeah, he mm. was great, great. But you need, like, you need to understand his mentality and stuff, like, he's a proper, proper football person. His, mm. like, how he sees the game tactically is spot on. Like, nuts he used to say, we used to go and play balls, you're the only ones that used to come to Daily Mount to try to win the game. Yeah. He just knew how to, and it was all attack. We never worked on defensive shape or anything. It was always, like, during the week, how are you going to be beat this team? How are you going to beat this team? This is how you're going to do it. Never. You just have a box, you play like two centre backs, two half sitting midfielders in front, use stop goals going in. The rest are attackers, including the two full backs, go for it. And did, did he, was he the first manager who really made you believe in yourself, kind of, because that's where it took off? Definitely, like, I remember at, at Rovers, under, under Pat at Rovers, it was more like, it was just a young lad, with loads of energy running around. Michael would be kind of, the full back has the ball, he wants to pin a centre back and stuff, I'm not good at that type of thing. Like, you, you go to Sligo and you try and do that, and he's like, what, what are you doing? Like he's like, you're not good at that. Do what you're mm. good at. You're good at running away, run mm. towards the goal, stretch the game for the the good players behind you, and you'll get the reward at the top ends. Just heaven to hear, like, just kind of double down on what you're good at. Forget what you're good at. Mm. You'll do all right. And and he was great for me like that. Do yeah. we have any Sligo Rovers fans here? Yeah. One up, one up the top. <laughs> <laughs> um, one up the top. 
one on the top. Yeah, like, I, I don't know, like, you, you come into Sligo on the train and people who follow, like, listen to the show regularly, like, I'm from Galway, so Galway has a lot going on. Like, it has, um... This is, the, this, is a, this is where, <laughs> I this is where Johnny remember. insults the people of Sligo on a regular basis <laughs> by basically saying Sligo is shit, right? It's, and it's, that's, that's Sligo, basically what you're Sligo, saying. Sligo's a cracking town, right? Oh. This is a very, very qualified, like, um, compliment. Like, I remember before I made a show of myself and left Twitter, I had a poll on it, like, I was like, <laughs> what, do you, what do you think of when you think of Galway? And it was like, um, football slash hurling, rugby, um, soccer, um, and then booze, right? And booze was about 60%, right? So Galway has an awful lot going on. Um, and it's not, like, I never really thought of it as a football town. It's like, kind of the arts and whatever it is. You go to Sligo, and it's... It just feels like, right, this is a proper, like, this could be anywhere. This could be with the best supported. The size of the town the sports Sligo Rovers gets is unbelievable. And I'm so envious of that, like, and you played, that was when it all, I guess, started for you. Yeah, well, the first time I uh, realised it was, um, it was the first year where we were, we were fighting relegation. I signed halfway through the season, but we were in this, the, the cup, uh, cup semi-final, I think we played Waterford at home. But, like, the morning, the, mm. the postman knocked in. <clears throat> Instead of delivering the post, he knocked in. And he was like, listen, just one of the wishes all the best tonight, lads. Mm. Like, didn't even know, we didn't even know he knew that we lived there in that house. It was just brilliant. Like. <laughs> and then obviously we won three day bend our deadly <laughs> go to get slapped up Sporting Fingal down in the final. But it was um, just the town. It's one of the only places you kind of see a bit in Tallinn there where you're looking at Rover jerseys walking around mm. instead of the Liverpool United. It's, that's been in Sligo forever. Because like, as long as I was down there anyway, you'd see kids in Sligo jerseys and that's great. Mm. So Dave, like you're, you're like a, you have a full-time job as well as football now. And with something we've been speaking about on the podcast recently, like you can feel that the league is changing. You can feel that it's becoming a, you know, a more of a full-time league, even at Premier Division level. Like, can you see a scenario in, in three, four, five years' time where players in your position can play in the Premier Division in the league? Um, well, you know... You seen it last year with Shells. Shells lost a lot of players last year because they went full time. Yeah. You know they had jobs during the day, couldn't give them up. Um, I think with myself anyway was you had to get a job to get a mortgage. Yeah. <laughs> because you can't look at the football at all because it's part time. But like I'd say going forward now, yeah, like it's going to be a struggle. It's definitely a younger league as well. Really younger league, as I yeah. found out the last couple of years. You're 33 years, now, is it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're 33, yeah. yeah. And there's not too many lads no. at a certain age. If they're not full-time, they tend to, to, step, to step away. Step back, and for those reasons, you know, you're having kids, you need a job, you need a mortgage, you need all this. You can't get that true football now anymore. Yeah. You know, so um, until that changes, it's going to be tough for, for people to keep going, especially in the later years, yeah. Definitely. And have you been full-time... At any club, have you been full-time at various times along the way? Yeah, I had, what, I suppose the Rovers had three years. Um, I had eight years of Bray, where it was just part-time, yeah. Yeah. Where we were. Probably, probably, drink, <laughs> probably drinkers. I'm just footballers on the side, but... Yeah. People thought we were full-time. Yeah. Salah IT students, because we were on every fucking student night out. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and it went, went from there, went from there to Rovers, yeah. I had three, three years full-time there. Uh, walked for another year and Pats and then went up to Harps and uh, do you find joined full the Ollie time, like, Do you find full-time a bit like tedious in that you have so much free time? or like I, I do wonder, like, like, is it a carousel of just the same thing, train, 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 you're done at 12 o'clock, whatever it is, and, or like, how, do, how do you rate it versus part-time? Oh, you're, you're a proper footballer there, mm. you know what I mean? When you're part-time, you don't really feel like it, mm. especially if you're working as well and you're trying to convince yourself you're a footballer, you know, mm. but you're working as well and stuff. But yeah, look, when you're full time, it's, it's the best job in the world. Mm. Let's be honest here. Like, you know, you're getting paid to do something you love. Mm. Every kid, every boy growing up dreams of being a full time professional footballer. So that was the other side of it, you know. And uh, Dave, like, I think when we have, when Chris Malone is here, like, we, we've mentioned Malone Financial Services on the show a lot this year. Like, you, you got a long term injury, which I suppose, I mean, you see what happened to Connor Kane the other night in, in Dundalk, like, absolutely. Horrible incident, and I don't know, they even showed a replay as well as like, but unnecessary at that stage. But you know, he's starting into a long road. For you, starting off in the long road, is it easier when you have something else going on, you've work going on as well, that it makes it 
I don't know, it cushions it in some ways that you're planning for the future and it's not just a wasted year, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, massively. Um, you feel, I suppose, financially settled, you know. Um, if I was playing part-time there and I didn't have anything behind me, or a job or anything, I'd be panicking big time, you know what I mean? So I would work for, what, six to, to eight months, I suppose. Yeah. Um, so... Um, yeah, and Chris has been, it's been brilliant, you know, if you have a little thing on the side, a little bit of insurance, happy days, you know, but um, it's going to be a long road for Connor. he was a very bad injury, yeah, and he's been flying this year as well, so hopefully he gets back soon. Yeah, uh, just the fact that you, the two, in particular, sort of Chris and, and Webby, that you're good mates, like, have you managed to sort of, have you always stayed on good terms, you know, because you would have been competing at various times, at various clubs, like, you know, have you been happy for him when things have been going well? Are you envious? Like, what's the dynamic between the two of you when it comes ah, to I'm never envious. Like, I remember being, watching all these games. I was living out in an apartment. And uh, I remember watching all these games when they were in Europe and cheering when they were winning. And 2016, everything. was it? Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, when we went on that run, so. Um, Did you expect him to be as good as he was? No. <laughs> Listen, have you, have you seen him on a Saturday and a Sunday night? <laughs> no. <laughs> you know we I mean? were in, um, I, I don't know, it was one of my... That Dundalk, like I went to about four Dundalk away games that 2016, and Dan Roth reminds me in Warsaw, Stephen Kenny, we had a press, there was a press conference, and Stephen Kenny was basically saying, We're going to go for broke here. And I, what did I predict? 5 0. 5 0. Yeah. And then. One of your famous predictions. As you yeah. Like, <laughs> I was like, Sorry, you're going to Leggy Warsaw, beat you 2 0 in Dublin, and you're going to go for, you're going to get hammered here. And did you, were you, like, it just, Chris Shields became. Almost Dundalk's best player in Europe. Yeah, hundred percent. Listen, at the time when we were at break, the, the fella couldn't even ping a football. Like, he couldn't put his legs <laughs> to a football. We used to always say him in training. She'd ping the ball over there in the big curly toe. Oh. You know, yeah. <laughs> 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 through it, like, stand in the stand to pick yeah. you. <laughs> box to box, running around, kicking what people. And, like, was it? Do you think it was Kenny or was it? Yeah, like, definitely. Look, mm. Right man at the right time. Um, mm. Especially when he got up there. Obviously, the first year was tough, but. After that, I suppose the rest is history there. He was, he kind of became the complete midfielder where he could do all the hard work, which is hard to instill in someone because it's either in you or you're not sometimes. You know, mm. that desire to, to work and run and battle and tackle and head and he could do all that in abundance. And then the other side of it was brought on to him, probably through Stephen, um, his passing mm. and his, his vision and everything else. So, Can I just ask you as well, like when you were let go by Shamrock Rovers, how difficult is rejection in football? When you're like, was it yourself and Ryan Connolly, I think, who's now obviously a teammate of yours as well. Um, how tough is that? Yeah, it's horrible. Um, that was a horrible time, like, um, I won't lie. Especially when, you know, you've gone three years full time. Um, I don't know what age it was, maybe when I got let go, 28, 29. Um, you have no job. You have nothing behind you. No college, no, nothing, no. Nothing like that to fall back on, so... Um, very tough, yeah, at first, well, I suppose, week or two, you're panicking a little bit, like, what am I going to do here? Like, What's the conversation you know, And you're coming like? up to Christmas as well, you're like, yeah. no money for all this kind of stuff, you're going to have to sign on the doll and stuff, and then your kind of head comes around, you talk to your family, you talk about loved ones around you, and, uh, you know, they steer you in the right direction and say, just get your head down, try and get a new contract somewhere else. What's that conversation like from, do you, do you know, looking at the manager, like, within a couple of seconds of the conversation? Uh, Straight away. Yeah. Yeah. So I you sit down, you look at him like, oh, bollocks, here we go. There's no, there's no way to, the nah, discussion starts in a particular yeah, way. Yeah. A bit of hope going into it, you know, a bit of hope going in, going, ah, oh, you know what, you might just, nah, you might say, stick around for a year or whatever. So, yeah, so how is it for you? would probably end up going on a few points with the master. Like, <laughs> Paul Cook be like, you're, you're gone, but uh, <laughs> go for a few. Go for a few. You soften the blow, don't you? But like Stephen Bradley. Put your, put your 20 quid into the kitty and then you can head off. But Stephen Bradley, it was Stephen Bradley, wasn't it? So like at that time, he was. He was nothing as a manager. Like he was just getting started, and you were like, "Well, do you you're going to prove him wrong?" Or yeah, I suppose it's obviously. Did you think he was right? Yeah, of course. You did. Of course, he was. He was <laughs> right. Look, yeah, well. So is that, does look, that where, mean, look where you are now? At the mean, time, at the time, to me, I was like, "No, he's not right. This is a joke, whatever." Yeah. But when you look back, obviously, you mature at a bit of age, and you look back and you think yeah, he made the right decision there. He wanted to go mm. in a certain direction. Obviously, he didn't see myself, Ryan, others in part of that plan, and. Um, yeah, look what they've done now. Did you, did you have any idea that they might go on this kind of become the dominant force and now they're in the group stage of Europe? And like, I think in fairness, that 5 2 game against Dundalk, I presume you were playing the Nibia and Tala, it was like that Bradley's gone, 
Um, yeah, and this is like, that night, yeah, this is sliding doors moment. Do you have any idea this had happened where we're at this stage where rovers are just like making a lot of money? And yeah, maybe not to the extent of where it's gone, but um, but being around Stephen every day in training, you knew he was gonna take it where he wanted to take it. Really? Yeah, yeah, you knew. Yeah, yeah. Tactically, his training sessions, everything was unbelievable. Like, and mm. um, he knew what he wanted. He knew the people he needed. And obviously, there was a few that we got left behind. Say, but. Um, He's done an absolutely fantastic job. Yeah. What's Ollie awesome. Horgan like? That's <laughs> right for this one, yeah. <laughs> Can't say much now. You know what? He doesn't like the fucking media, but anyway. Gas coming out with the question. Sass coming out with the question. He's, look, I suppose he was the right man for me at the right time um, when I was leaving Pats. Um, I remember him ringing me. I was in that apartment again. He rang me and I remember answering the phone. And he goes, all right, bye. What's the story? And I was like, who the fuck is this? I was like, was like you messing. Like, what the fuck? And uh, he was like, Ollie Horgan, do you fancy, what do you think about it? And I was like, what did you stop with it? No chance of me traveling up there. I was like, uh, and I says, listen, he goes, just will you sit me down and have a, have a chat with me and stuff? And I was like, yeah, go on, I will, no bother. And uh, it was actually a funny one because I met him a couple of times. And uh, where I met him was, you know, the Maldon Hotel across from Palestine. Of course, yeah. You have this little rover's corner in the mall. You ever been in, in the bar? Yeah. You have this green and white everywhere. So me and Ollie are just sitting there in the middle of that. I'm going to chat and all. He's, he's, telling me the, he's telling me the dream here. You know, Donny God, it's fucking great, Paddy. <laughs> <laughs> in the Maldon Hotel. In the rover's corner of the Maldon Hotel. And uh, anyway, I'd say, I met him once. And uh, honestly, I met him the first time. The minute I met him, I was like, oh, fucking. 100%. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I go three hours. I go three hours just to play for him. Yeah. Is he like just, oh, he's a, just yeah, it's just infectious. Just yeah, mm. just he, he had me straight away. And then, but, uh, yeah, like, but I, I was playing hardball a bit, and I was like, ah, oh, no, 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 I'm trying to get my stuff in, thrown in, whatever, you know, playing the game. And uh, so I met him the next time, and uh, <laughs> we had the whole conversation, shook on it, and it was like he thought I was going to run away, and doing nothing, and he went straight over. There was like, a fucking young fella having a meal. He probably on a day first day or something. I took into a steak. Get your man. Yeah, we got a phone there. Can you take a picture? Take a picture, quick. was <laughs> 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 standing, standing there in the middle of the margin like this. <laughs> your man's left the steak. The one's sitting down. <laughs> Pepper sauce dripping down his face. <laughs> well, we all see the Finn Harp photos. Like, remember, there was all those Finn Harp signing photos that were pretty yeah. shit. Like, that, it all makes sense now. To be honest, they're all done at like restaurants around the country. Yeah. To be honest, yeah. We're probably standing front of the green or what? He's like, just go a bit that side now, yeah. When we were in um, in the Air Sport Building, like the best, we we used to have go crack like after the show where somebody might come in for a coffee, and it was Stephen O'Donnell. He was relaying like Ollie Horgan. So uh, like Harp said, like done a, another magical staying up like and they were getting like all the tunes going in the dressing room afterwards and Holly comes in and he goes lads you may enjoy it because you're going straight back down this <laughs> 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 is like, actually true like <laughs> and then uh, probably there's another Holly I'm, I'm not there's sure a, I, I don't know I don't yeah, know if you want to tell all the Holly Horgan stories but like, we're yeah. talking about like, works. Works. we're talking about transfer moves uh, Owen and I saw <laughs> your, your, your wife Kira she tweeted the other day today is the first day in 10 years that I haven't been terrified. Now at start I was like, it's a bit of a cry for help or something here. But then, but then I was like, hashtag deadline day afterwards because yeah. you have, like we spoke about earlier, the number of deadline day you, moves you've done is like how many? Five. Five. Yeah. And it's a completely different, it's a completely different world. Like I can imagine like Gary Neville having, you know that Gary Neville soccer box show he does? <laughs> Just you on the couch with him looking <laughs> yeah. for all your transfers on the screen. Because like you've, you've like, tell me about, like, maybe the Cardiff one. What was the most sort of stressful deadline day move you've had? Um, it's funny with Kira. I was nearly filling the tank just out of habit the other day. Just to see if maybe something would pop up. Um, no, uh, Cardiff was obviously the big one. So yeah. leaving Chesterfield to go to Cardiff, and there was loads of talk over It was on a Monday, I think. And there was loads of talk over the weekend. Bids were coming in from different clubs and that. Um, kind of knocking on doors trying to say can I, can I go here to say no we're going to get more of you tomorrow all this crack but like literally on deadline day I woke up and it was a, it was a recovery day in um, Chesterfield we played Saturday and like my agent rings me he goes I'm flying into Manchester you're going but we don't have a clue where so I'm just that's, that's, the, that's the middle of the country yeah. basically so we can get out everywhere from there um, so yeah so it kind of Kind of started from there, like so. We, you have no way, like, do you know the way we like people will be doing stories and stuff, and 
there would be speculation, but you genuinely had no idea at the start. Of no, the day. like obviously, the, over the, so the day before, no idea about Cardiff that day. Um, the day before, New York City had come in. Fucking would have been me and to have a villa up front. Yeah, <laughs> imagine. Perlo, <laughs> Perlo, and Lampard asked me to come short. Yeah, good one, lads. So I go that way. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah the, and that that got killed. Um, and then Preston came in. Um, that they wouldn't accept that either. And then obviously on the on the on the morning, not having a clue. And like it even like, as I was travelling to Cardiff, the phone. I think we told you before that like the phone was ringing. Like, pull over. West Bromwich came in here. Um, and I had to, so you're on the edge of the motorway. I was on, I had to pull into the, I think it was the M42 or something, the hard shoulder, like a dope hazards on, like for like half an hour waiting for the phone to ring. And I was like, I'm going to have to kick on here. Like, so I just started driving towards Cardiff and I ended up bringing me out and goes, no, I don't think it's going to happen. They're actually, what happened was, was um, they were trying to sign Carlton Cole, but he had a bad knee. And if he failed his medical, I was next in. He ended up failing it, but it was too late. And I was in the, I was in Cardiff and signed the deal. Sliding doors moment. Me, yeah, my agent got a phone call and I could hear him say, it's, you know, it's done, it's done. And he never told me what it was and I never asked him since, but I know it was Beulis on the phone. <laughs> Tony Beulis. <laughs> and yeah. and this, your Cardiff contract then, because there's another mm. thing, you were in negotiations with Cardiff for, what, a two and a half so, year deal? Yeah, so he, my agent rings me that morning, he's like, it's a two and a half year deal, will you sign on such and such money? He's like, yeah, deadly, let's go. So, in the car, get down, signed, whatever. I'm in the hotel that night, he had a meal, everything done over the line. He texts me, deadly, three and a half year deal, well done. I was like, what, three and a half? No, that's, that's not true. So, I go onto Twitter and it says, I'm doing a sign until whatever, 2019, 20. I'm doing the maths in my head, like, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. <laughs> Jeez, that's a three and a half year deal, yeah. So the yeah, agent's actually the room next door. I ring him and I was like, that, yeah, it's on a three and a half year deal there. He goes, no, two and a half. I've got the emails here, it's two and a half. He goes, no, it's a three and a half year deal. I promise you. He's like, hold on a sec. He rings me back. He goes, I fucking nothing to nobody. <laughs> 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 couldn't, could not believe me. Look, what happened was there was three or four of us had signed that day. They'd signed a couple of kids from Everton. They got three and a half years. I must have just got the L 2018, 19. Brilliant. Of course, tomorrow, Matt, like Doyle would have said, um, oh no, it's, it's actually two and a half year deal. You should change that. You're like, say, absolutely nothing. But it's a, it's a mad industry. Like, because I know like, you've got kids now and stuff and they're, they love their football. Like, with all you know about the game, would you like to see them go into football? Or you've seen all the different characters and the good and the bad you had like Vincent Chan and some of the mad stuff at Cardiff like would you like your kids to go into the football industry are you ah yeah look like, yeah. at the end there's, there's all nonsense loads of nonsense and noise around it and the politics are horrible but at the end of the day like as a kid you talked about earlier like you're growing up kicking a ball and at 3 o'clock on a Saturday or 8 o'clock on a Friday night everything switches off and you're just running around doing what you love it's as simple as that and if my kids love it like that like I do and like he does and I'm sure Shieldy as well does like 100% get into it, get into yeah. it. The rest of it's just noise, and you kind of learn how to deal with all that as, uh, as, your, career, as your career goes on. Yeah, because Chris, what do you, what, what, what's Chris? Yeah. <laughs> playing, there's a lot of, lot of stuff that comes with football that would turn you off. But like, what? Such as? People. <laughs> He's looking at me like the people. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I, 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 the vibe I got at you, John, is you, you don't give a fuck who you upset most of the time. Or it's just these. <laughs> Young people in football now, it's, you'll see it even, even at Linfield, just these young lads walks in, a pair of flip-flops there the other day. I said, how much do they cost you? He goes, £160. I said, how old are you again? He goes, uh, just turned 18. I said, what are you doing? Like, oh yeah, well, I think I had, well, you had elastic bands wrapped around them. I said, they're still going to do the same job in the showers, them things. He goes, sure, sure Dan, how much you pay for them? He goes, no, nah, not that much, Dan, I should pay for that. What do you think? Catholic or Protestant? We don't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Linfield is a club for all, Johnny. You know this. Non-binary. <laughs> no, but I think a lot of young players now are torn into... <laughs> I was just asking, like, I mean... <laughs> I, know that, I know that was a genuine question. <laughs> Waiting for the answer. I think now you're wondering if someone would get cancelled here. He was like old man Shields here, though. Like, he's like, like I was at Dan's forty last night. It was like, Jesus Christ! Like, how the fuck did this happen? But you're you're probably the old man in the lint. Like he sees you as this 
old yeah, sage. Second like oldest, him. yeah. Like advising him that he should be putting like elastic as opposed to like 180. Do you know what I mean? Like, nah, it's just it's some young footballers now would drive you fucking insane. The the ideology of what they are and kind of just how they've been churned out the same player all the time. I feel like there's no personality in young footballers anymore. You on know, their phone. On their phone, and then you'll not read a good autobiography after a generation of footballers. It's like they're all too mm. similar. Mm. Yeah, you feel like they're playing the game for their Instagram account sometimes. I, I honestly like I, I, I don't know how the modern manager can relate or can kind of manage those that because kids are effectively indoctrinated now by technology and they seem like the same personality. And it's like you know, so you have all the stats. So it's like, is there any individuality left? Like, do you have characters like Liam Coyle or Dip, Tony Sherrod and different players that could kind of, get, you know, wallow through a game and do? Or, or is everything like kind of stats and like they're the they're all on their phone? Like, stats everything. You try and say someone's a bad player now and go, oh, hold on, look at that. Mm. I go, I watched him. He's brutal. I go, no, 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 <laughs> no. Look at his touches and look at his heat map. Mm. Climate change. There we go. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Um, <laughs> Forty-five we, minutes for climate change. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Should we should we talk about Linfield now or wait? Get it out of the way. Should we? What do you think, Dan? Everyone else have bumped into fucking said to me anyway. I mean that. Like I, I do. I do. I do want this honesty from the crowd now. Who was happy that Linfield didn't qualify? Yeah. Who who wanted Linfield to qualify? Yeah. <laughs> Protestants. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> I I don't. Julian, by the way, Julian Canny's in the crowd. Like we, we actually we get on very well with the Protestants of the North because we go up to Glen. <laughs> Julian, Julian and it's I always go good to, to have a disclaimer just to be clear. Julian and I go up to like the the Protestant club Glen Torn, and I I love the Glen Torn experience. Windsor, like the the one time I went to Windsor was Linfield Carabeg. And they were like very near the ground, there were just like UVF flags everywhere. And I was just like, that's no fucking welcome for somebody coming from the south. Like, and Linfield were brilliant that night. And you met them. there. You at the game, yeah. Brilliant. Like, they were brilliant. I was like, this is a big club. What was the move like? And what, what was uh, losing to the Latvian team like? Oh. <laughs> slip, slip that in there, Neil. In fairness, that was nicely couched, to be fair. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know. Yeah. Well, what was the transfer like? And tell us about the worst night of your football life. <laughs> But yeah, it was it was bad. It was a tough one. I think I've, I thought I'd experienced everything in football, and that like I was saying to the boys, like I looked up at the clock. It was one seventeen, and my legs gave up. I could do no more. Did you do three said, on one? Like I said, I was like, I have to come off here. I'm busted. Surely nothing can go wrong. Then sitting there, I just seen the five lads break. No goal. I see the ball go up the park. I said, where the fuck is everyone? <laughs> and then. All of a sudden, and even the way it happened, it's just barely over the line. So you're everything was. The lines man's not flagging, so you have that little bit of hope. But you just see the ref point in the circle, and it's just like you want you like when you go to penalties in, are you almost like dead man walking, or are you just like ah, like how you know like I I felt we were never winning the penalty mm. because we had so many experienced lads off the pitch. Mm. It was not your kind of average penalty take was left on the pitch. I just it's probably want to say I never fancied us. You just as a footballer, momentum had swung with Riga, and then. What happened, happened. What does David Healy say after a game like that? What can you say? I, he, he handled it very well. Obviously, a few players would have said something, so a lot of that kind of took him from saying anything, really, because players can do a Did lot you of say money. something? I, I went mad a bit, because like, how could we let it happen? It's just pure, it's your raw emotion. You probably shouldn't really go shouting and screaming because emotion's so raw, but people are going mad, and then it's just... Pure silence in the dressing room, and David's come in and said, "Just trying to pick us back up because we've a league campaign and mm. trying to forget it." And obviously, he was very proud of it and stuff like that. But it's some club, yeah. Oh, it's, you don't you don't understand the magnitude of it. Obviously, you're saying like you did what you see the odd game from down here. You might know somebody playing up there until you go up there. It's, it's mm. massive. It's a huge, huge club, and it's, it's very, very well run. I know Pat was on with just last mm. week and. He said it was his best club he played. Oh, like he, he's always said that. Like he said, it's a it's a it's a monster of a club, really, in its in its own way. But they called him Billy because they didn't uh, call him Pat. Didn't call him Pat. Yeah, up there yeah. in the 90s, he said he wouldn't call him Pat, so he was Billy Fenlon around when's our Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like you know, you, like you have a pretty good sense of humour, and like footballers are pretty ruthless, right? Like you know, like, I'm sure like you have a player WhatsApp group or something like that. Like 
was there a point a day or two after where you could even joke or laugh about it? Or was it so raw that you couldn't even like process it like in the way that you normally would? You sort of gallows humour is sort of part of the football yeah, football it, game. It could be quite ruthless. Yeah, um, no, this one there wasn't too much said. To be honest, you were nearly ringing around, lads, to see if they're all right, because like, like Jimmy had scored the own goal, two boys had missed the penalty. One was he, Ethan's only like 20, 21. Yeah. So you're kind of, now it's a week later, now you're going to get slaughtered, now you do that, and it's going to get brought up to that. So Naturally, yeah. Time, yeah. Times it, the heels all wounds, and now you'll get battered now if you say anything wrong. Mm. So I think we're going to go to questions from the crowd, Johnny, because I should say as well, we have a sort of a live mailbag, which we do every week on the show, Interactive, and our friends at Collar and Cuff. Uh, Jackie, for we're going to have some questions with Stephen as well after his slot, but we do have uh, four four vouchers, the four best questions. Um, so if you want to say your name as well, when you sort of put your hand up, if you want to have a question, and uh, there could be a little prize coming your way too. You can direct it towards any of the three lads. So if you want to get involved. So you were banging in the goals over in England, and <laughs> the implication being like, what no, happened no. in tax? Like <laughs> seven goals from play, three penalties from twenty-seven games. Forget about Europe, like. Sorry, Julian. In the League of Ireland now, in the last week, so I went to see Derry play Shells on Monday. They Brandon Cavanaugh starting as the number ten. Recently, John Martin has been starting up front for Dundalk. Obviously, they have injury problems. But in the League of Ireland, like the top score, I think Aidan Keane has like 12 goals or something. We're 25, 13, yeah. Yeah, 25, 26. Seven against Finn Harps, yeah. Just, just the... <laughs> Sorry, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. Just, just the style of play in the league. Is it like completely different to what you were used to in League 1 and League 2? Where like just in terms of the amount of goals that are scored, it seems to be really low scoring and... As in there's no strikers running away yeah, with it, is that what you mean? Yeah, um, pretty much, yeah. You're certainly not, isn't it? <laughs> 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 okay. Um, remember I thought it might be his two mates that were caning him, but it's yeah, Johnny. No, yeah, no, yeah. He's got history with this as well, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's, um, it is a strange thing this season, but it might be just a unique season that no one's just taken away. Look, next year, I might be able to do it, or Keenan might really kick on, or or Pat Hill might be able to do it, you, you never really know. Um, the big difference between, obviously, coming back from over there is, like, and I, I don't mean this, and I'm not saying this in any disrespect to the league or whatever, like, but see, for example, like, pre-season training in Ireland was easier than mid-season training at Bolton. And it's not the coaching or the drills that you're doing or the runs, because the runs are the runs, but it's the athleticism of the lads. So, like, for me to keep up with... Like the lads at Bolton, like they're all rapid, fast, big and strong. You kind of have to keep up with them. Over there, you kind of as the as play is built up in the game, you kind of know what's going to come, if that makes sense. Whereas it breaks down a small bit more over here, um, and most of it's just athleticism. It's just you kind of know lads might be able to do a step over. They definitely get past that fullback. Whereas that's a bit there's a bit less of that here. So um, mind you, we've missed about forty sitters this year. So. Uh, Maybe I can't put that down to less chances or whatever, but it might be I put it down to a unique season. I'm hopefully I, my plan next season is to be scoring more than I did this season. That's my plan. <laughs> yeah, even though I'm a dinosaur. Two, two more questions generally if you if you have them, because um I, I do remember like were you did you feel under pressure like when it wasn't you weren't banging them in straight away and it was like he's coming from Bolton to League of Ireland, so he's gonna score goals. No, I don't mean to sound big-headed around The last few clubs I've been at, I've been the person that was to come in to score the goals. Mm. So I'm kind of used to that bit of pressure. Sometimes it didn't happen at Bradford. I didn't score that many. Um, and then, obviously, uh, Pats have got 10 or 11 this season. Season's not over yet, so you never know how the, mm. how the run-in will go. go. Two more questions before the infill, if we have, lads. If we have no more questions, we can go to the break. Um, yeah, the lads were great value, uh, good old crack. And um... what's the my, my favorite story, Johnny, is definitely uh, the Dave Webster explaining why those Finn Harp signing photos were so weird. Like, do you remember that winter of like Harp's shit Harp's photos? And it really annoyed me. I remember going in a rant, I think, on Twitter about like, why are these all so unprofessional? Like, this makes the league so... And it's basically because Ollie is getting them to do it before the players can change their mind. You know? I feel like uh, if there was an Irish version of The Athletic, like, they'd be doing a feature with someone about the, the, eight, the eight people who uh, took photos. Like, it, was, you know, it was like, you know, you know when, when, when you get... 9,000 words. When you get taxis yeah. when you're abroad, so you're like, uh, I don't know what the kind of going rate here is. The first taxi we got in this, in this uh, island... 
um, it's like, hi, uh, do you want a taxi? And he just grabs your bag. Doesn't know where you're going. Doesn't know anything about you. Just grabs your bag straight to the boot. And that's it. You're locked in. Yeah, listen, that's the deal. That's the, uh, on a complete aside, um, you, you think you have a place in the world. I was chatting to a, a fella at reception today. Um, he was just got talking about Ireland and work and stuff. Like, Ireland, oh yes, uh, Dundee United, that team that wears orange. I was like, wow, man. We, we really aren't the centre of the football universe in the, in the way that we think the way that we think we are. But um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, some, some enjoyable stuff from, from Shields, uh, Webster and Dodd and all comments, of course, in, in, in good faith, um, so to speak. You mentioned... Um, you, men- you mentioned... So Owen Doyle missed um, penalty at the weekend as well, too. He did. He's, he's been doing that a few Pro, times. Owen Doyle getting hammered, getting hammered about his goal-scoring record by uh, our, our crowd. And then, you know, he would have loved to, like, shove it up to him the next weekend and then... <laughs> To, to be fair, happen, but uh, Pats are flying. Pats, but, uh, Pats five wins in a row. Uh, Pats and Derry look kind of Pats Derry Rovers was the form team. Got to mention UCD Dan. I mean, the, the Dundalk result was mad, and Dundalk's defending. I thought the last goal, like I know they were kind of pressing for a winner, but they were they were caught out so badly. And young Tommy Lonergan uh, gets a double involved in the other goal. All of a sudden, UCD um, giving themselves a proper proper fighting chance with the playoffs. Cork City going straight back up. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's Cork going back up. I suppose Cork Galway this week isn't the game you would have wanted it to be. Um, I suppose wouldn't want um, it to be like basically what's what's yeah. happened here is Cork City um have effectively they've already sold out their away allocation and it looked like it was a decision for Galway United as to whether or not they'd sell Cork City uh, seats into the nominal home section. Yeah, that's a that's an add-on. The UCD document was crazy. Uh, I think the UCD document was followed again by uh, the uh, the the. The asylum that is Dundalk Rumorsville, people thinking that something was happening with Stephen O'Donnell after the game, which just in case there's anyone else there with tinfoil hats, uh, I think 9-11 was a hoax, um, who, who have views on this, uh, who've heard somewhere down the town in Dundalk that like someone's after, like that O'Donnell is gone, can confirm that's that's not the case, just to be clear. Uh, and and uh, yeah. What are you hearing? Be careful what you read on the internet. Well, I mean, what I'm hearing is there's nothing to hear at all. Um, what else? We should talk about what's happening. We've been sort of off on our own, as I said, off in our own zone. The Shells-Pats game refixed the course. Um, and the Dundalk got those bonus three points from the Sligo Rovers suspension, which they've managed to, to I suppose, they gave them back, I suppose, at the weekend. But um, yeah, Shells-Pats, I think Duffer kept his counsel on that. I just feel like at some stage in the future, He's it's going, going to be a Damien Duff explosion um, related to that. Maybe this weekend, because, I mean, the the other highlights this weekend, aside from Galway Cork, we have the Cup quarterfinals. We've got Waterford and Dock on Friday, which is a good game uh, and a tricky one for the Dock against the pacey forward line that Waterford have. We've got Treaty UCD. Um, got to mention Treaty as wants. well. Yeah, Treaty have effectively yeah. all but confirmed their place in the playoff. Lot. Like they've not not quite, but they look like Wexford have kind of gone. Treaty have gone a number yeah. one of form. We haven't mentioned them much. A couple of uh, Limerick fans want to me about Tommy Barrett's team with the budget they have. They're actually doing really, really well, and they're going to yeah. be hitting the cup now. Yeah, no, we've, we've probably mentioned Wexford more than Treaty. To be fair, and like, I'd imagine, um, you know, the Treaty. Budget, I don't know. Like people could argue that it doesn't really matter, but they've done they've done very well over the thought treaty with their with their resources. And then yeah, Sunday's going to be great. Shells and bows at two o'clock. Uh, Derry Rovers five o'clock. Uh, Derry Rovers is on RTE. Um, and I tell you, for Rovers, like that's a that's a tricky game coming off the back of of Thursday and Ghent and and. You know, a huge event, and, and the real the squad is really going to be tested for that. Shells bows, I think, two o'clock. It's going to be, uh, that's going to be electric, even though it's early. You know, oh, no, Garth yeah. Brooks or whatever. Yeah. You know, various various reasons. I mean, you know, Garth Brooks having it say, you know, Gar- Garth Brooks said more say in Irish football events than I don't know. Garth Crooks give an analogy there. Yeah, Garth yeah. Crooks. Yeah. Crooks. Than that than you're you know, more, more Garth Brooks. Than, um, yeah. Garth yeah. Crooks. Um, I think that's. The, I think we'll just sign off, Johnny. I mean, like we we could ramble away here, but I think we. I think you know we've we've had the stories from the lads. We'll be back in situ next week. We'll be back in the studio next week. Um, we've sort of phoned it in a bit the last two weeks to sort of tease out the live show highlights, but uh, we'll be back with a more detailed service. I think seven days from now. 
uh, to reflect on on the weekend. There was unless you have any other f- burning thoughts you want to get out there before we go. We have two fixtures in the first division, Dan. Just to mention on Friday night, Go United versus Cork City and Cove Ramblers against Athlone Town. The kind of battle uh, to avoid Athlone Town in a good bit of form. Just a little footnote. I gave up uh, the, the programme uh, duties to Joe Murray this weekend, aspiring journalist like I was when I started writing the match programme. And I was like, why don't we do a theme of our first game under floodlights, which was against Cork City. John Caulfield playing for Cork City. Things were like 6,000 in the ground, Dan. Um, so they've come up with this unbelievable cover for the game in honour of that match programme. Cork City will bring a load of fans. Go United will be absolutely despondent. And it could be a victory parade. That is my life. That's life. Listen, we'll find out. I just have that funny feeling where it's almost written in the stars that Cork will do it that maybe they won't. Like things mm. in Cork, do, do things in Cork football happen that smoothly? It's generally, there's always a bit of a, you know, there's a there's the climax, there's the anti-climax, there's the cycle repeats. So maybe it won't be the time that everyone expects, you know. But either way, let's reflect on it next week. Thanks for listening. Thanks as ever to our sponsors, Future Ticketing, Collar and Cuff, and Porterhouse Brewery. We'll be back in our old guys next week.